0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Well, they say fairy tales don't happen in sport, but one certainly happened at the Keir Oval today. Because, as you, I'm sure you know by now, Alistair Cook played his final innings in Test cricket and scored 147. So it makes an amazing double, actually. A 50 and 100 in his first Test and a 50 and 100 in his final Test. What a remarkable cricketer he is. Yeah, the
1: only person to do that in Test history, that that, that feat. And you missed a key moment. <laughs> I did. I was commentating on Test Match Special. He got to 96. It was time to change. We have a strict rotor system. So I went to the, to the back of the box at the door at the back of the box I heard Daniel Norcross commentating, say, oh, Cook has cut that one down towards third man or backward point, Goes through for a single. I thought I had time to nip downstairs because he was, he was off strike. And the next thing I heard, there was a huge roar broke out and I wondered, what what on earth has happened? And, of course, the overthrows. And that's how he reached his 100 against Pakistan here when he was struggling before the Ashes. When England won in the Ashes and he made 700 runs, that's how he reached his 100 then with the overthrows from Mohammed Asif over the wicketkeeper's head, something about the oval and, and overthrows. He didn't seem to bother very much, though. Very happy to get there and and anyone who bought a ticket today, uh, you know, hoping to see, just hoping to see something special, from, absolutely rewarded. Rewarded for the gamble. I know lots of people bought their tickets in advance, but lots of people didn't. Lots of people bought them overnight. Thousands
0: of people bought them overnight. Absolutely rewarded. Wonderful days, Test Cricket. It, actually, it's a wonderful aspect of Test Cricket, isn't it? That you can get involved in a game when it's already underway. You know, you can't really do that with much sport, can you? You, you know, football and cricket and... Football and rugby and you know, athletic events and things like that, they're over in a jiffy, really. But with Test cricket, it sort of unfolds over time and you can hear of a, an interesting facet of the game overnight and then turn up the following day. That's why the, the 2005 Ashes series was such an epic, because it, it kept unfolding day after day and people bought into it over time. And actually, the, the atmosphere here today reminded me of that 2005 Ashes final test when England won the Ashes for the first time in 18 years, and it had been a, a roller coaster ride throughout that summer. The, you know, the ovations for various things Cook walking out, Cook getting 50, Cook getting to 100 uh, were just extraordinary. Uh, the, the hairs on the back of your neck, the ovation lasting really quite a long time in the case of the 100 as well.
1: Yeah, the time it, 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 it
0: lasted for about two
1: minutes. You think, well, that doesn't sound a very long time, but just sit down in a room and just put a stopwatch on and you know, wait for two minutes to elapse. It's actually quite a long time, and and that was the time everyone was just applauding and cheering, and the game was held up, and could get, it, it, we thought it was all going to settle down and just kept on going. And, you know, you, you think back to some of the worst times in Cook's career. I'm, I'm thinking of after the Ashes when England, England lost down there. Um, Mitchell Johnson uh, routed them and Kevin Peterson was, was sacked. That was a real low point for Cook. And you think about that and how sort of divisive it was at the time. Uh, social media, there were lots of people for Cook, but there were lots of people against him as well. But you could see today the affection in which, he, which he's held by the English cricketing public because, you know, to a man, woman, child... Everyone's standing up, applauding, yelling, and just acknowledging what what has been, you know, a fantastic achievement to score one hundred last test innings. Because... Phenomenal,
0: and a phenomenal player yeah. in that in that sense, a phenomenal player in a in an accumulative sense, not necessarily in a flamboyant or dramatic or ex- exhibitionist sense, but just someone who manages to find a way to score runs. Uh, you know, people love an understated hero, don't they? Really, someone who doesn't shout and scream about himself. He hasn't got a big ego, does everything for the team. In a way, those sorts of heroes are almost more treasured than someone who's a bit outlandish and, you know, a bit of a show-off, which, you know, he's anything but. I I think that as well, you know, typical of him, he was able to to completely park the emotion that there must have been when he walked out to bat this morning, 5th 46, not out, knowing this was his last ever test innings with all his family here, his wife, his two little girls, his parents, many friends in the ground, people he knew probably turned up on the day, probably wished him good luck on a text and all that. And, it was after the kind of first few... Well, actually, he got to 50 quickly. Yeah, I think that was quite key, because he got a ball on his pads. Yeah. He turned it away for yes. 40, timed
1: it nicely, yeah. got to 50 fairly early on, so there was no scratching around to get to 50. And, you know, you get two 50s in your last test match, and, you know, that's a, that's a decent achievement. Whatever, you know, whatever happens after that, that's a decent achievement. You feel, yeah, I've, I've, you know, I haven't gone out with a naught and a 9 or a 3 and a 17 or something like that. Which I've happened actually, to I, Ricky
0: Ponting, yeah. amongst others, I and mean, there's lots of players who've played their last test and really haven't... Sachin Tendulkar was another one who didn't really deliver. So you, you do want to just leave people remembering the good things about you rather than the, the slightly more uh, negative or scratchy things about you. I bumped
1: into Vic Marks walking from Vauxhall Station to the ground this morning
0: I know we what you're just, going to say we Just chatting about the cricket, yeah. he said to
1: me, who was the last man to make... 250 in his last Test match, for England. I said, oh, I got absolutely no idea." And he said, "It was me." And of course, it was. Victor did it in against yeah. against Pakistan. And I was thinking
0: he was a bit a bit harsh because that wouldn't have been a sort of farewell appearance. No, that no, would have been no. just his last Test. But it he, seems a bit harsh that he wasn't picked again after 250s. But he was in he was in the team really for his
1: spin bowling, bowling, wasn't he? He was a he was a, a bowling all rounder, or seen as a bowling all round He was there to take wickets rather than necessarily score runs, runs or a bonus. Anyway, that,
0: well, but, well, so so you know the fact that he then got to 50, and I think also the fact that he got a 50 in the first. Would have just rested his mind a little bit and made him able to think. Well, at least I've made one decent contribution in my final test. Mm. The the pressure's off slightly, but you know he is an uncanny has an uncanny ability to park emotion completely away from the the job in hand. You know, to me he bats a bit like a mathematician. It's all about angles and calculations. It's not flowery. It's not. You know, flamboyant or excessive at all? Do you know, in the whole of his Test career, he's faced more than twenty-six thousand balls. He's only 11 sixes. Mm. And it, you know, today, they you know, kept the field in. He always resisted the chance of going over the top, just for one little tiny uh, stroll down a, a sort of a, a more adventurous lane. You know, he stuck to that mathematician's ploy of just using the bat angles to work it just wide of the mid-wicket fielder uh, off the spinner, smothering the spin by getting his feet out to the pitch and, and making sure that the, the ball's unable to turn uh, against the quicker bowlers, that little kind of poke just wide of the, the, the sort of extra cover field for a couple of runs. Nothing special about it, but it just works for him and it keeps his score gradually accumulating. And, and you mentioned that that hit clip off his hip at, at the start of the day. You know, you, you, you it's not as uh, grand a shot, say, as a pull or a, a, a sizzling cut, but there's something beautiful in its efficiency. You know, it's just a little kind of shovel shot, but the bottom hand controls it, and the top hand just makes sure the ball is timed perfectly and it whistles away to the fence. And there's no extravagant follow-through or a a kind of patting himself on the back or, you know, even a sense of satisfaction about it. He just gets on with it again. And, you know, it was like going to the office and doing these sums very carefully and making sure they were properly executed and the answer in the end was 147. Yeah. There was also a feeling of inevitability about it, I think, after the first
1: you know 15 minutes of play today I mean you, you can never say anything's inevitable in sport you could not, you, know, you look back in hindsight and said oh it, it looked inevitable but there wasn't a great deal of threat out there from India's bowlers uh, they, they were done basically uh, and England just got on top and they, they were picking the runs off at will uh, him, him and root together so we- you
0: equated it that a little bit with cuz you saw the Lara 400 yeah, I mean, and I saw the Lara yeah. 375 and we sort of thought of those innings that there was a they were fated they were meant to be yeah well under um, the, the Lara 400 was remarkable because you, you thought this is well this is a flat pitch you know he's
1: got the bit between his teeth uh, he's done it before uh, you, know, you know even when he was on 70 you thought he 's got a chance here, and we get got one hundred and thirty you think well hes he 's definitely in the game, and which is absurd because he's still got to get another two hundred and thirty to break the record but i i've never seen a sporting occasion where something so remarkable looks so inevitable as that Brian Lara? You know, when he broke the record the the second time He eventually got, you know, 400 not out But there was, just today, and you you felt it as well The the first time, you know, when he broke Matthew Hayden's 375, Sorry, when he broke um, Uh, Gary Sobers' record uh, Gary Sobers,
0: yeah You felt that as well, watching that. Well, yeah, I mean, we turned up on the on the final day of the match, or well, I think it, was, it might be the fourth day actually, and uh, no, it was actually the third day right. because uh, West Indies batted first, and he was on three twenty. I remember that, yeah. and actually, I was travelling with Godfrey Evans, <laughs> the former England and Kent wicketkeeper, who was doing some hosting, some hospitality. This was nineteen ninety four, and uh, we were talking in this minibus on quite a long journey. If it's possible to make a long journey in Antigua, uh, quite a long journey to the ground, and we both said he's going to do it and it just felt completely like it it was meant to be I mean I felt from the the stage of Cook on about 75 today there was nothing that could disturb Mm. him really and it says a lot about you you know as a commentator and I'm going to give you a compliment Mm. here that you handed over the mic at 96 not out because there would have been commentators and I'm not going to name them <laughs> who would just have clung on for that extra 2 minutes to make sure they were there for the key moment well, but I, uh, you kind of uh, acted as no. as you would as a team man mm. would and handed the microphone to someone else at the appropriate moment it, it would have been unforgivable not
1: to <laughs> i'd come to the end of my time you, i you, don't i you know can... it's lots of people who wouldn't have thought <laughs> no, that well i'm not i'm not going to name anybody you can't you can't do that you ha- you have to hand over um, so Excellent from Cook. I mean, you, you forget how much, you know, that sort of pressure you put on yourself as well because, you know, you, you, you're desperate to achieve that. You're desperate to get to the, the three figures. I mean, there's nothing out there. There was nothing in Antigua to stop Brian Lara scoring all those runs. But it, it's, that, it's that sense of the moment, isn't it, mm. that, that, that builds the pressure. And it, the, the same for, for Cook today. But he actually batted serenely on. And what, what I liked, actually, what I quite liked, was that when he was out for 147, which is a huge surprise because I, I, was, I was starting to think, he's going to get a double hundred here. And he, he you know, if he hadn't a nick through, because he did nick through, so, that, you know, that's that's superfluous. But when he nicked off, uh, caught behind by Pant, he walked off and it was just a little irritated shake of the head. You know, he, he was thinking well, because, massive score. He was thinking yeah. at least 150, get to a, 200 A
0: hundred. Yeah. Well, because batsmen, uh, real run accumulators, run makers, are are like the richest businessmen, they're insatiable. Mm-hmm. They they never want to turn down another pound or another run and, <laughs> and make as many as they can. Uh, of course, it did also remind you of the, the great number one abiding law of cricket when he was out, that love and hate are only one ball apart because he was there thinking, I'm going to get 150 in yeah. another ovation, and suddenly he's walking back yeah. the next ball. Yeah. The next ball after Root got out. That's right. Well, Joe Root today as well... Um, after the match today,
1: uh, Alistair Cook said, "You know, uh, well, you know, uh, people sort of just focusing on the fact that it was my benefit match. Well, Joe Root got a hundred <laughs> as well, which is all sort of typically self-effacing. Uh, it, it is a sort of a bit of a footnote, but really important for Root. His first hundred for 13 months since the West Indies series last year. He's, I mean, he's played well at times." Um, but he's not been able to produce those, those hundreds, which, you know, that, that's what batsmen are remembered for. Hundreds, Geoffrey always says that. What's the difference between 99 and 100? Well, people remember
0: the hundreds, but they don't remember the 99s so much. And, th-
1: and that's what defines well, you as so, a Yes, batsman. You're, you're
0: measured by your yeah. hundreds, aren't you? Someone like Ian Botham, 14 test hundreds, that's often said. You know, you've, compa- you've compared Botham to, say, Flintoff, mm. who was the better all-rounder, Botham, 1400s, Flintoff, five. Mm. And, and in a way, that is one of the sort of simplest ways of saying Botham was a better cricketer. I, I mean, it's not... Uh, quite as simple as that, all right, all, all right. but it was very good today that, that, that Root played so well, and I suppose he was slightly under the radar because of all the focus on Cook. He was able to, to sort of just creep up into the sort of 30s and 40s and and find a bit of fluency, find his natural game. Maybe the bowlers were focusing that bit more on Cook, I don't know. So, uh, they, And they were, they were a bowler down, of course, yeah. India as well, which which helped because Iher Sharma wasn't bowling. So the, generally, Root, the, the things were in his favour, but... He did play a beautifully fluent innings. He played some lovely slog sweeps off Ravi Jadeja and some lovely drives. And I just loved his back cut shots. And there was that sort of rhythm. That well, That's what got him underway. Yeah, the little cuts. Yeah, yeah but when he, lovely. When he first Balletic came in. Lovely footwork. I mean... Batsmanship of the highest class. I was sat with the, his his granddad actually for some of the time, who's known as the Don because he's called Don and he was christened after Donald Bradman, born in the nineteen thirties, and he was absolutely loving to see Joe, his young grandson, you know, playing such a, a fluent innings and got got England into a, an absolutely superb position. But then, of course, they lost a load of wickets at the end of the day. But but in a way, no one cared about that because the. Uh, the absolute main course had been Cook all day and it's obviously setting that up for a fantastic victory. In the end, Jimmy Anderson nearly stole his show, <laughs> Well, if it was possible to do that. There
1: was a bit of rivalry there towards the end. Anderson going level with Glenn McGrath and the chance to go past him tomorrow. What was Stuart Broad doing, getting Coley out? Because it, mean, it meant that Anderson didn't have the chance to, to get Coley out for that record-breaking wicket. It's a bit greedy, wasn't he? He didn't even let... Uh, Anderson bowl one ball to Coley Coley out first ball and actually you, I don't know if you noticed this today the two leading run scorers on either side Coley and Butler both, both out, out for naught yeah. on, on, on the fourth which, day which, of the game which
0: only shows that you cannot be take anything for granted in this game never be complacent because it comes and bites you on the back side if you turn your back for a moment uh, tomorrow I'm sure Anderson will overtake Glenn McGrath there's what is it, seven wickets wickets to take. England are going to wrap victory up sometime in the afternoon. We'll reflect on on Anderson's career, perhaps, and the incredible achievements that he's uh, managed to sustain and is still sustaining through his career tomorrow.
1: Yeah, well, well, Cook, you know, people are lauding him quite rightly for playing 159 consecutive games, for playing 161 matches and all. Anderson, in a way, has got a much harder task. He's got to run in and bowl, as you know. Bowling is a harder game than batting, although you only get one chance with yeah. batting. You know, f- physically, Anderson's played
0: 143 test matches. Yeah, which is remarkable as well. And, and we'll certainly reflect on him tomorrow. I mean, I suppose it's the difference between the mental demands of yeah. batting and the physical demands yeah. of bowling. But Cook... Today is undoubtedly the story and uh, the the, the phenomenon that he is uh, uh, sort of won't go away, almost, in a way. It was a privilege, I thought, to be here today, to, to see, firstly, his... Performance. Secondly, the reaction to his performance. And thirdly, the, the crowd reception to uh, a man who is a, a treasured hero in England. And yeah. probably we'll never see the li- his like again. Yeah. There'll be some
1: people out there saying, uh, enough Cook, thanks very much. You know, we've heard about Cook, uh, morning, noon and night for the last uh, few days. But um, you can't not today. Um, that is a, is, that is a f- fabulous performance, fabulous career. About 3,500 runs more than any other England player, and also the most
0: runs ever in Test cricket by a left-hander. And also 2,000 more runs than anybody else who's opened the batting in Test cricket, and that in itself is a remarkable performance. There was a nice sign-up as he walked off from the ECB, and it was very simple, and we're going to finish with it tonight. It said, thank you, chef.
1: Podcast Network.